Good morning, church. Good morning. It's good to see you. Man, I tell you, it's good to be together with your family, isn't it, on Sunday? Uh, my name is Dennis. I'm an elder here, and I'll be your speaker for today. Uh, the title of the message today, Be Obedient, Even in the Small Things. We'll be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17. We'll be there in just a few minutes. I don't know about you, but I love to pull for the underdog. I love to see somebody new and different win. Uh, maybe it's a NASCAR race where a virtually unknown driver wins a big race like Daytona. I love to see that. Or maybe the Super Bowl where an underdog team using their second-string quarterback comes in against a mighty powerhouse who's already won five Super Bowls. Do you know who I'm talking about? And the underdog wins, and the backup quarterback is the MVP. I love to see that. There's a grand old story in Scripture of an underdog, a young man who goes into battle, who goes into hand-to-hand -hand combat with a mighty warrior, a giant of a man. <clears throat> and just looking at it at face value, you'd say there's no way. There's no way this little guy can defeat this big monster of a man, but God is with him. It's the story of David and Goliath. I'd like to take a fresh new look at this story today because I think it's got relevance for us as individuals, and I think it's got relevance to our plight as a nation. You'll recall when God brought his children out of Egyptian slavery, out of Egypt, that he wanted to be their God. He wanted to be their father, their provider, their all in all. He wanted his children to love him, to know him, to worship him, most of all be obedient to him. And over and over again, his children said, yes, Lord, that's what we want too. We'll do that. And over and over again, they fell away. Does that sound familiar? In 1 Samuel chapter 8, it's clear to God that his children have rejected him as king. You see, his people begin to look around. We get in trouble, folks, when we look around. They begin to look around and see that all the other nations had a king. And so they beg God, give us a king. Please give us a king. So God finally relented. He gave them a king. But he told them, he said, you're not going to like him. He's going to take your children off to war. He's going to take your possessions He's going to take your money. They said, we don't care. We want a king. So God gave them King Saul, the first king of Israel. Now, over time, God becomes displeased with Saul. You see, Saul had the stature of a king. He looked like a king. He was a head taller than anyone else, and he was handsome. But he didn't have the heart of a king. Saul was not obedient to God. He didn't have a shepherd's heart. God, give us leaders today with a shepherd's heart. In Chatham, Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, in Washington, D.C., give us leaders with a shepherd's heart. Give us pastors with a shepherd's heart. Give us men, give us fathers with a shepherd's heart. You know, of the many themes and lessons that I see woven throughout Scripture, None is more prominent than this one. 
Disobedience brings consequences. Obedience brings blessings. Amen? Have you seen that? Read the book of Deuteronomy. It's plain. Saul had become disobedient, and he's got to go. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, is where we start off this morning. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Have you ever noticed, oftentimes, God gives us enough information for us to take the next step. He tells Samuel to go to Bethlehem and find Jesse. He doesn't tell him who the next king is. You see, if God gave us the whole picture at one time, we wouldn't need him very much, would we? We wouldn't have to rely on him. Our faith wouldn't grow in him. But that's not the way God operates. Verse 6, when they arrived... Samuel took one look at Eliab and and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Now get this. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Folks, we need to get better at looking at the heart of a man and not the way he looks on the outside. Amen? Are you with me? Verse 8. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next Jesse summoned Shemiah. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Folks, it's not looking good, is it? For Jesse's house, 0 for 7, all struck out. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching sheep and goats. Folks, Jesse didn't even do David the courtesy of mentioning the boy's name. Think about it. What I see here is Jesse did not see his own son's potential. What I see is he's too young, and besides that, he stinks. He smells like sheep and goats. But get this. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, bingo, baby. This is the one. Anoint him, David. Folks, have you ever noticed oftentimes God selects what man rejects? Have you ever noticed that as you've read Scripture? That gives me so much hope. Maybe he can use me. God selects what man rejects. You see, God passed over the seven select sons and he waited for David. People will try to label you. Life will try to label you. You're not good enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough experience. You're too young. You're too shy. You're this. You're that. But God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Amen.
Are you with me? You see, God knew how to find David. He didn't need David to be in the lineup. He didn't need David to walk down the runway. If this decision had been left up to man, David would have never been chosen. But I want to submit to you this morning, if David hadn't been in the field keeping sheep, he wouldn't have been prepared to lead people. You see, it was in the pasture of all places that David learned to be a shepherd and a warrior. I'll explain in a few moments. Now, this young boy has been anointed the next king of Israel. Where would you expect to find him? What would you expect to see and read next? If it had been me, I would have called the motor pool. Can you send me a driver up? I want to go into town to a tailor shop to get fitted for my new robes that I'm going to need. And then I want to go try on crowns. But you know what David does? He goes back to work. He goes back to the pasture. You see, it was on that day that David was anointed, but it would be many years later before he took the crown. There's a spiritual analogy there. When you give your life to Christ, when you're obedient to the gospel, you're saved. But the changes that go along with that conversion take years. It takes a lifetime. Have you seen that? I gave my life to Christ over 50 years ago, and the Lord is still bringing changes in my life. It's not overnight. It's not instantaneous. David didn't go try on crowns and practice his kingly autograph. He went back to the sheep field. And so David now is anointed the king of Israel, but his nation has got a major problem. The Philistines have come to make war, and they've got a new weapon, a giant named Goliath, who stands nine feet, nine inches tall, almost as tall as a basketball goal. Scholars say this man may have weighed as much as 750 pounds. What a man. These two armies, the Philistines and the army of Israel, have gathered in the valley of Elah, and so Goliath comes to heckle the army of Israel every day. He's wearing a bronze helmet. That's important. We'll come back to that. He's got a helmet on. His body armor weighs 125 pounds around his torso. We've got people in this church that don't weigh 125 pounds. This is a monster of a man. The head of his spear weighs 15 pounds. What a giant. 1 Samuel 17, verse 8. Follow along. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. Folks, if you're interested, this is an ancient form of combat known as representative combat where each side would choose their one best warrior and send them to fight the battle. If you won, you won for your nation. If you lost, you lost for your nation. Verse 9, if he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. 
Send me a man who will fight me. <clears throat> when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Folks, this one man has got this nation paralyzed. Israel is paralyzed. But I want to suggest something to you this morning. I want to suggest that this story almost didn't happen. This story almost didn't happen. I believe a lot of us miss our turn to be used by God. You see, sometimes it's hard to see our destiny in the face of disappointment because we look around exactly like the Israelites did. We look around. We look at other people. We think other people are doing better than we are. We look at our circumstances. We look at our homes. We look at our marriage. We look at the fact that we're single and we're not happy. And so we miss our destiny many times because of our disappointment. David could have missed his turn to be used by God. We'll come back to that. Verse 16, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. This guy was cocky. He wanted a fight. <clears throat> Verses 17 and following are important. One day Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain. This was an ephah. This was 36 pounds of grain. And these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. And give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Now, folks, think about it. This is the newly anointed king of Israel being told to make a delivery. Think about it. And so David could have said, Pops, what on earth is wrong with you, bro? Didn't you see Samuel, the great man of God, come and anoint me the next king of Israel? Pop, I'm a man now of power and purpose, and I will not make your deliveries. But beloved, this is the test. Will David be obedient even in the small things? He could have said, I'm not doing that. That's demeaning to me. That's belittling to me. And this story would have stopped right here. You know those little things God asks you to do? Like call your sister and tell her you're sorry? Call your parents that you hadn't talked to in years and say, hello, mom and dad. Call your neighbor that you had that falling out with and just say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. What about reaching out to someone that looks different than you? What about smiling at someone in the checkout line? But we often say, I don't want to make deliveries. You see, folks, how can God use us to kill giants if we want 10 sheep and make deliveries? I love verse 20. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning as Jesse had directed him. He was obedient. He was going to make the, 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 the delivery even though he was the newly anointed king of Israel. So David arrives at the battlefield. He gives the supplies 
to the proper people. And he hears what's going on. He hears this giant heckling his people. And Scripture tells us that whenever Goliath came out, all the army fled in fear. Folks, I'm telling you, they're handcuffed. They're handcuffed. But verse 28, When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? asked David. Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. As soon as he arrives at the battlefield, he has a dust-up with his brother. Verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out and fight this Philistine. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. There's the shepherd. When one sheep came up missing, David went after it. I struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. There's the warrior. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 40, Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream. If it had been me, beloved, I would have picked up 50 because I'd want plenty of ammunition. But David knew he was trained. David knew the hand of God was with him. He put them in this pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Now listen to Goliath's response. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Folks, Goliath is insulted that they have seemingly sent a young boy to fight him. Man, he is insulted. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. You're talking about an underdog situation, folks? This is it. But listen to David's response. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now listen to this prophecy. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. 
All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Hmm. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, listen to this. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Beloved, there are some battles that the people of God need to run to. There are some battles that the people of God need to run to. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. Remember that bronze helmet? I'm suggesting that there was some flesh right here that was not covered. And David drilled him, baby. He nailed him. He nailed him. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him, just like he said. David ran over and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with his sword. Folks, I, I would have loved to have seen that. This little five foot ten David is standing over this what looks like a beached whale, really. Standing over Goliath, takes the enemy's weapon and cuts his head off, just like he said he would do. When the Philistines saw their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Folks, there's a lesson there. Don't ever follow a man. Don't ever follow a man. This entire army had put their faith and hope in one man, and he was dead. Just like David prophesied, the army of Israel surged forward and they chased the Philistines all the way to Gath and their dead were strewn all along the road and the birds began to consume them. Folks, you know what? When David got up this morning on this day, this was just another day. David didn't know he was going to live out 1 Samuel chapter 17. He didn't know it. You see, sometimes, many times, God wraps destiny in just an ordinary day. That trip to the grocery store. We go to work every day and we see people. We walk in Chatham. We go jogging in Chatham. We take our dog for a walk. God wraps destiny in just an ordinary day. The same day he was told to take bread to the battle line was the same day he stood in victory over Goliath. Maybe we need to pray, God, would you use me in some small way? Maybe that needs to be our prayer. You see, David would have missed his turn if he didn't obey. Will you obey him in the small ways? You know, friends, it's easy to want to kill Goliath. It's easy to want to do big things. But it's a whole lot harder to make deliveries and tend sheep. You know, folks, we can do some great things in church. We can preach great sermons, have great worship, raise our hands in praise to God. And all that is great, and it is good, and it is right. But I want you to get this. 
Many times, it's in those small acts of simple obedience. It's in those small acts of love and kindness that we do to others that actually lead them to find Jesus Christ. Think about that. Many times, it's those small acts of love and kindness that actually lead someone to find Jesus. Sometimes it's in doing the things that seem beneath you that release the greatest blessing. You see, God wants to use us right where we are. David didn't have much. He had a sling and a stone. But in the name of the Lord God, Goliath will fall. But beloved, many times there's a problem. Many times there's a problem. You see, a lot of people have something in their life that they think is bigger than they are. Think about it. A lot of times we have something in our life that intimidates us. So I want to ask you, do you have a Goliath in your life? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's the way you see yourself. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's some addiction. Maybe it's the way you handle money. But many people have a Goliath in their life. You've got to engage Goliath before you can kill him. If David hadn't been willing to do the simple thing, he would have never seen the supernatural thing. Does that make sense? If David hadn't been willing to do the simple thing, make a delivery, he would have never seen the supernatural thing. But I want you to think about the difference he made for his nation. You see, if they lose this battle, at the very least, they're headed for slavery. Worst case, it may be extinction. This is critical. This story is relevant to our nation today. My friends, in my view, America is a nation in trouble. Our house is divided. Our house is divided. Racism has reared its ugly head again in America. I see hatred. I see jealousy. Not to mention the innocent bloodshed in America. Not to mention that. The school shootings. Not to mention the discipline issues in schools. Close friend, co-worker. His daughter is a kindergarten teacher. One of her students punched her in the stomach. But guess what? She's eight months pregnant. She goes into early labor. The kindergartner faces no punishment. America's in trouble. You see, there are some battles that the followers of God need to run to. Am I making sense? You see, we often make Goliath <clears throat> a personal issue. Your debt, your marital troubles, whatever it may be, your addictions. But for David, Goliath wasn't a personal issue. It was a national issue. You see, Goliath had Israel in a strangled hole of fear. And David showed up that day with some bread and with a sling. He was just doing a simple thing. Now, you and I don't operate at the highest levels of power. I get that. But don't ever think we can't affect things in a powerful way. Did you ever think about this? 
David wasn't even in the army and he won the war. This young boy wasn't even in the army and he won the war. He wasn't in uniform and he didn't have a weapon that was fit for combat and he brought down the giant. David comes to the battlefield and he sees what's going on. He says, this is not right. You can't talk to my people like that. You can't talk about my God like that. But I'm still suggesting to you this story almost didn't happen. Remember Eliab? the first one that was rejected, he met David at the battlefield. Remember, we read that. If David had listened to Eliab, he would have never met Goliath. If David would have fought with his brother, he would have never met his enemy. This story almost didn't happen. You see, beloved, Satan wants to keep us so divided fighting each other that we never engage our real enemy. Folks, I'm preaching pretty good here. I thought somebody would say amen. <laughs> Folks, Satan wants to keep the church divided. He wants to keep America divided. He wants to keep families divided so we never engage the enemy. Amen. You see, we never make it to the battlefield a lot of times because we're over on the sidelines fighting each other. Does it make sense? If we're going to fight darkness, we've got to stand together. So David has his eyes on something bigger. He knows where the battle is. He knows how serious this is. His brother's not the enemy. Your brother's not the enemy. Your spouse is not the enemy. Your co-worker's not the enemy. If you get distracted by Eliab, you'll never meet Goliath. So let's make it personal. Let's make this personal. Do you have a Goliath in your life that you'd like to bring down? Did you know people within the church walls struggle mightily with addictions, pornography, addictions to drugs and alcohol, lust, extramarital affairs? Did you know that happens? Folks, we've got to engage Goliath before we can ever bring him down. Goliath will die without food and a place to stay. Now think about that. Goliath will die without food and a place to stay. I want to share with you what's worked for me. I love coming to church. Man, I love it. I love being with my family. But one day a week is not enough to get fed. One day a week is not enough to get fed. You'll never kill Goliath off of one meal a week. Prayer, on your knees before God, studying God's Word, letting God, letting His Spirit pour into you, and then I use Christian radio, I use other sermons, preachers, videos, pour into me. If you do that, you can defeat Goliath. Samuel, this great man that I spoke of, when he was a little boy, his mother gave him into service 
at the house of the Lord. She dedicated him to the Lord. When he was just a little guy, God began to call his name audibly, Samuel. Do you know how he responded? Speak to me, Lord, for your servants listen. Speak to me, Father, for your servant is listening. What a great response. Folks, if we have that attitude with our Father, our Heavenly Father, Goliath will die. You and God together can kill the Goliath in your life, whatever that Goliath is. Would you pray with me? Father, it's great to be here today and to look at this story, uh, hopefully in a fresh new way. Uh, Father, we can, with your help, defeat Satan. That's who Goliath is. Goliath is Satan. And he can be defeated in our own personal life if we will let you speak into us and breathe into us. God, I'm convinced of that. But it's got to be more than one day a week. Uh, Father, I pray that you've touched hearts this morning. Uh, thank you for this time together, this special time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on the web at cornerstonechatham.org.